yeah welcome to big booth bets it's the get that money podcast i am nate stevenson as always joined by mr big boofy skirman and mr tony t-bone garino it is week one of the 2020 nfl season i'm excited how about you guys oh man it's finally here couple more days i got real meaningful nfl football on tv ah i'm just i'm just i'm elated dude i'm so happy oh i know man me too me too how about you tone oh just farting sunshines and rainbows over here so i'm i'm ready for this to start. <laughs> that's uh that's a lot of happiness man i hear you <laughs> oh man all right guys so normally obviously uh we'll be touching on the previous week but since it's week one let's uh let's get right into it what do you guys think let's do it okay some strong wisdom there from uh nate dog but uh yeah let's kick things off with our thursday night game between the houston texans and the kansas city chiefs with the chiefs laying nine and you're over under at 54 and a half i mean come on now chiefs chiefs <laughs> Chiefs are they're laying they're laying nine at home. I love them. I I love them to win. Uh, let's be real. When do I not love the Chiefs to win? But I do love the Chiefs to win. Playing the Texans at home, a Texans team in theory that's not as good as it was last year, uh, with the subtraction of DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks um, stepping in. As the new number one receiver in Houston, still a little injured to my knowledge. You have the Chiefs coming back pretty much intact. It would not surprise me at all that they win this game by more than nine by more than nine points. Excuse me, but week one of the season, still so much unknown with this uh, COVID shortened preseason and no preseason games. So it's uh, just to be safe. I I just I think the best advice is to pass this game uh truthfully i i think the texans and chiefs playoff game last season is a microcosm of how the texans can be in any game and they are they are capable of whooping on anybody and they are capable of losing to anybody they can blow a huge lead they can come back from a big deficit they are one of the more difficult teams to predict Uh, Obviously, we are in the business of predicting correctly, so I'm going to personally stay away from a team like that, and I am staying away from this game. I I would take the Chiefs to win. Um, I know during our discussion, and we might share a little uh, more specifically at the end of the podcast here, but this might be a game you want to you know, maybe tease that line for the Chiefs down a touchdown or so and play it that way, but... Uh, for the most part, I, I'm staying away. I, I hate this game. I mean, I love the game to watch, but I don't want to bet on it. <laughs> I, you know who I love, Booth? Chiefs! <laughs> Chiefs! All right. Well, like the Ice Queen Elsa herself, let's continue to dive into the unknown here and kick off in the Sunday, the 1 o'clock games, with the Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots, with the Patriots laying 7, and you're over-under at 43. I told you all last year... The dynasty's dead. And guess what? I think it's still dead. I'm st- I'm, I, will, I will be taking the Dolphins on the money line. On the money line in some stuff. 
I'm not afraid. I'm still not afraid of the Patriots. The Dolphins are an even better team this year than they were last year at the end of the year. They finished the year strong. Flores building that winning culture. Dolphins adding some quality free agents and talent through the draft. New England losing a sure, not only a surefire Hall of Famer, but the GOAT in Mr. Tom Brady. You have people opting out on defense and offense, Hightower and Chung on defense, other players, some of the some of the little wide receiving talent they did have opting out. I New England, I mean, they got Cam Newton, but you don't even know what you're going to get from him. And you're telling me you're going to give me seven points with the Dolphins after they beat New England, a better New England, after a worse Dolphin team beat a better New England team in December last year? God, man, this is this is a no-brainer. Dolphins plus seven all day. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much with you on the Dolphins. I love them at plus seven. Uh, I think this is one you're going to want to jump on the second you like log in to your favorite you know, betting site or whatever, and go ahead and lock that one in because if the line gets under seven, I mean, seven's one of those checkpoints. I mean, that's a, that's a full touchdown. That's one possession. You start to get under six and a half. It's easy to lose, you know, have your bet get busted on you. So get that seven and lock that one in. Uh, I think pay attention to, like, what Cam Newton's rushing yards total is going to be. Um, I think New England is going to run him a ton this season, and I think they're going to start with that this week. So, I mean, if you can get anything under like 40 yards, I personally, I would definitely entertain Cam Newton over there, but they normally don't have the player props out this early in the week. But uh, pay attention for that. Um, But, yeah, I love Miami plus seven. New England lost a lot of important players, uh, including the GOAT, or at least one of the GOATs. Uh, Tom Brady. So, love Miami plus seven. And uh, we locking that one in this week, mate? Oh, you definitely, definitely right we are, man. Lock it in. Get that money. Excellent. First lock of the uh, regular season here. Uh, let's move on to the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Ravens are laying seven and a half, and the over-under is at 48 and a half. So, last year, I believe the hype with the Brownies and I got burned really, really – we both did, actually, really, really badly when they got completely boat raced by the Titans in week one. So the fact that – and that's when before we even knew that the Titans were good. And that's, honestly, it was before the Titans were even really good because they had Mariota quarterback before instead of Tannehill at that point. They hadn't made the switch yet. So you had a lesser Titans team boat race Cleveland in week one last year. This year – Cleveland is playing one of the best teams in the league going into the season in the Ravens. And they're doing it with basically no offseason, a shortened preseason, with a brand new coaching staff and new system. To me, that is not a good recipe <laughs> at all. Um, it's – but – so obviously a lot of things I'm saying here is points to take the lay the points with the Ravens. And I really want to do that. But it, the thing is like Cleveland did beat Baltimore once last year. They, they, and they played them tough the other game, even though Baltimore did end up pulling away from them. So it's just one of those things. Again, it's, it's week one in, in the 2020 COVID NFL season. So 
it's just over a touchdown. So I think the smartest thing is just to pass this game. Yeah, I agree with your points. Um, the The actual scores in the games last year, uh, the first game, Cleveland won 40 to 25. The second game, the Ravens won 31 to 15. I don't know. And anything over a touchdown is always hard to hard to hard to lay in an NFL game. But if you made me, that's the route that I would go. I, I would take Baltimore here. But again, it's just it's over a touchdown. And like you said, I mean, week one is already hard enough to pick every week. Uh, we don't need to make it more difficult here with the COVID stuff as well. If you if you really don't love something, just stay away. So I'm staying away from this one. Okay, next we have the New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills laying six and a half with the over-under at 39 and a half. So for all those who listen to our season preview for over-under win totals, I said it then, I will say it again. The Jets are trash. They're trash. They suck. I will be betting against them a lot this year. You combine that with the fact that they're playing – what we both believe is going to be our division champion in the Buffalo Bills uh, laying under a touchdown. I like the Bills a lot here. They got they improved from last season with the addition of Stephon Diggs, adding a number one receiver on the outside. It's only going to help Josh Allen. And then you have the Jets, conversely, with no wide receivers and Jamison Crowder in the slot as their number one receiver. Not a lot of weapons on offense for the Jets. And some people might say, oh, wait a minute. They got Le'Veon Bell. Well, Le'Veon Bell only averaged three yards a carry last year. Adam Gase hates him. Oh, yeah, and by the way, his, a lot of his offensive line is injured. So I wouldn't be depending on Le'Veon Bell to get the job done for you. So I, I love the Bills a lot laying under a touchdown here. I think that is lockable. Uh, you know I'm circling the wagons with you on this one, baby. Bills all day. The reasons you said, and uh, as we discussed earlier, we, we are locking the entire AFC East this week. I agree, baby. Get that money. Lock it in. Let's move on to the newly minted Las Vegas Raiders at the Carolina Panthers. The Raiders are going to lay three here with the over-under at 47.5. So I'm going to start off by saying definitely passing this game. Just a couple tidbits, though, for – uh, FYI purposes, Raiders, bad defense last year. Carolina losing 8 of 11 starters from last year. So you don't know what you're going to get on, on the defensive side for Carolina. Plus you have a new staff, rookie NFL head coach coming from college. Uh, however, you know, with some previous NFL coaching experience, however, no NFL head coaching experience. So you, you got a new system in theory all the way around in Carolina. Raiders lost their number one wide receiver in Ty Williams to injury. And again, like I said, they had a bad defense last year. If you ask me, I would lean Raiders here minus three, but I don't really think either side is a safe bet. I think the most entertainable bet for me, considering how bad the defenses were or could be, I'm sorry, based on last year and the uh, attrition on Carolina is the over 47 and a half, but even that's kind of iffy, but that's uh, a lot of iffiness in this game. So pretty much a pass. Uh, I hate this game and I'm passing. Simple enough. The next game we have is the Seattle Seahawks at the Atlanta Falcons. The Seahawks are going to lay one and a half 
with the over under at 49. Initial reaction to this was Seattle all day, but uh, Atlanta did finish the year pretty strongly last year. A lot of improvement on defense. I do think it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how they start the season this year. If they start to look a lot this year at the beginning of the season, like they did at the end of la- the second half of last season, honestly, Atlanta could not only make the playoffs, but they could make a, they could make some noise in that division. So I'm, I'm very curious there. So that honestly is the thing that gives me the biggest pause in this game. It, it being close anywhere from, you know, Couple points to a field goal, depending on where you're finding it. I, I, I lean Seattle, but just yeah, it's a pass for me. I like both of these teams. Um, Atlanta finished four and zero last year, uh, their last four games, including one over San Francisco. And it wasn't like it was week what? Uh, it was week fifteen. It wasn't like week seventeen when San Fran had everything all locked up or anything like that. So they finished the year strong. They did switch to Raheem Morris as their defensive coordinator midseason last season, and they kind of got going a little bit. Now, I also like Seattle. Tough game for me. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to watching it, but I don't really want to bet it, so I'm passing. Yeah, I agree, man. Just one more note. You said uh, I didn't realize it was actually 4-0 to, to end the season. I knew they went actually 6-2 and the last half of the season. So, yeah, in fact, they won four in a row to end the year last year. It's uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, and, and the Saints are included in the six and three. Like if you go back that deep, they I mean they beat the Saints twenty six to nine at New Orleans last year. So they, they're capable of putting together some some good football. No doubt. All right, let's throw it over to the Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions laying three points with the over under at forty four and a half. Yeah, I'm all over Detroit minus three here. Chicago again from Talking to our, our season preview, Chicago sucks. They have two backup quarterbacks trying to be their starter. I believe I heard that Trubisky is going to be starting week one. So there's you can't really expect a whole lot out of the Chicago offense. Chicago did beat Detroit twice last year. However, it was two very close games against Detroit's second and third string quarterbacks. So – you got envy. You got Stafford coming back. If he plays anything like he did last year, uh, you can feel extremely comfortable about Detroit laying the points here. And I think, as I said last week, making a lot of noise in that division this year. So give me Detroit laying the three points, and I am ready to lock that. Yeah, I mean, we got to start somewhere here. This is going to be the first week of Detroit getting more wins than expected. And uh, Chicago being terrible. So I'm all for it. Detroit minus three. I love, uh, you know, I love Stafford coming back, you know, comeback player of the year candidate. And uh, this is one of my one of my favorite picks of the week. So I believe uh, we, we do have this as a lock, correct, Nate? Yes, we do, baby. Get that money. Up next, we have the uh, Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Colts at minus eight. In the over under at forty five. Oh my God! Do I want to? Do I want to lay the points with Indy here? So bad, <laughs> so bad. Jacksonville has nothing. They've. It's it's literally like they are. Jacksonville's like a a a bankrupt 
retail store, man. Like that's literally how they've been treating anything of worth on their team. Everything must go. Everything. Like they just they the only marketable piece they had left was uh, Fournette, and they just nope. We're just gonna cut you. Just cut them. <laughs> <laughs> It's like we want to be as bad as possible. We we want to we want Trevor Lawrence next year. So please let's suck as much as possible. I'm I'm honestly, you know what? I'm surprised. I I'm surprised they didn't get rid of DJ Char, DJ Chark. But honestly, they probably figured we can get away with keeping him because he's never going to see the ball because we suck so bad. So they they're probably like, let's just keep him for our good quarterback we're going to get next year. So. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's the, the only thing that keeps me from laying eight points is again it's you're gonna it's gonna sound like a broken record this week. It's week it's week one in 2020 COVID NFL. So and plus Philip Rivers likes to give the ball to the other team. And I gotta see if he's still gonna do that or not. Yeah, so, that that's for me is the biggest concern. That right there. Yeah. So yeah, I just Philip Rivers just gonna screw it up because I think besides that, Indy should steamroll these guys. Exactly. I hard lean Indy minus eight, but that's I'm I just can't in good confidence tell someone to lock that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, pretty much all your points are, are accurate. Like like we said, I mean the biggest thing I'm worried about is Philip Rivers throwing interceptions by just straight up missing. You know what I mean? Just throwing an inaccurate ball and it gets picked off. And stuff like that, especially when we're talking about covering over a touchdown, it's just, especially, and again, week one, COVID, all that, it's too too much unknown to commit to a minus eight spread. So I'm passing. Next, we have the Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings with the Vikings laying three and the over-under at 45 and a half. I mean, I know this game's in Minnesota, but... Something we haven't touched on a whole, very much. We've been talking about the game so far this year is there isn't much of a home field advantage. Most of these games aren't going to have any fans. The only thing that visiting teams really have to deal with is, excuse me, travel. And th- that's it. And Minnesota, you have to assume, is going to struggle at least a little bit more this year to start the year. Just because they don't, they they lost their OC in Stefanski. They lost uh, their number one receiver in Diggs. So I mean, I, I don't until I see how they're going to adjust to that. I'm not really putting as much stock in Minnesota. And then you basically have Green Bay coming back intact. And I know we crapped on Green Bay some, but Green Bay still did win the division last year, and they're getting three points. And to me, what is basically almost a neutral site game. Um, I think I don't see how you can't take three points with green Bay here and go to take that to the bank. Yeah. I'm with you. The, the Packers beat them twice last year. And as I just kind of think about it, it's like, I feel like Minnesota got worse. They lost Stephon Diggs. They lost their offensive coordinator and we go to green Bay. I feel like green Bay is kind of the same, but green Bay was 13 to three last year. And you can say what you want about how many of the wins were lucky or whatever. They still won 13 games. And, you know, I said this week – or I said this in last week's podcast, but I just want to reiterate it. Like, they drafted Jordan Love week one, and all of a sudden everybody just thinks this team sucks. And it's just not the case. 
So we got Green Bay in a game that I think they're going to win. You're going to give me an additional three points. Love that. And uh, let's lock another one in there, eh? Lock it in, baby. Get that money. For our final 1 o'clock game on Sunday, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington football team. How exciting. Go football team. Uh, Philadelphia here is laying six, and the over-under is at 42.5. Still want to call them the Redskin Potatoes. Still want to want to call them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, knee-jerk reaction here. I, I wanted to lay the six points with Philly. But uh, upon further review, Philly's still unfortunately being bit by the injury bug this year. Injuries uh, on the O-line and receiver. And then you go back a little bit further and look last year. They didn't, Philly didn't cover uh, in their season opening victory against Washington last year. And then they miraculously covered late in the game in their second victory against Washington last year. So they basically didn't cover in my eyes both times last year. And I just, I can't in good confidence lay the six points of Philly. So yeah, I'm passing. Yeah. Whenever I, I showed up tonight and then we, we did our discussion before we were recording, I, I was very much ready to take Philly and lay the points. And then Nate starts just giving me with all, all this, all this info and stuff. And I'm like, I gotta be honest. You talked me out of it, Nate. So I am, I'm just going to pass on this one. All right. So that wraps up our one o'clock games. And we go to the first four o'clock, which is the Los Angeles chargers at the Cincinnati Bengals. The chargers are going to lay three and a half and your over under is at 43. Damn you, Boof. I can't see LAC and not want to call them the Clippers now because of you. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. Um, yeah, it's this is one of those this is one of those games I I didn't I looked at and just I didn't feel good either way. I the chart the I almost said it again. The Chargers are missing missing Derwin James and Mike Williams for week 1. Derwin James for the season, I believe. And then on Cincy's side, the they do have guys back between having guys back healthy and the infusion of talent Young talent, I think there's a team that could cause a little bit of noise in the second half of the season once they got some game time under their belt together. But just there's nothing that on either side that screams for me to take either side. So I'm um, definitely passing on the spread. The under 43 intrigues me a little bit just because of how uh, I, safe, I, I would say, would be one of the best ways to put it, Tyrod Taylor plays. So he likes to check it down to the running back a lot, not going to take a lot of chances, and I don't expect a lot of points on Cincy's side with a young quarterback in the first game. So I don't hate under 43. I would. That's probably the only thing in this game I, I feel would feel mildly confident betting on. Uh, I, I definitely like the Chargers here. I, I think Cincinnati's offensive line is not very good. Uh, the Chargers still rush the quarterback well. They got Joey Bosa. Um, I, I, like, I like Tyrod – more than most, I think he's a professional quarterback, and we're going up against a team that had the worst record in the league last year. So it's over a field goal, but it's only three and a half. I, I would take the Chargers here. I'll give it a strong lean to the Chargers, so that's what I'll go with. All right, next we have the Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers, not the Giants. 
the 49ers are minus seven with the over under at 47 and a half. I like the Cardinals here. Uh, it's, I liked it a lot more at eight and a half, which is what it was earlier. Uh, but now it's already down to seven. So obviously a lot of other people like the Cardinals as well. But last year, Arizona played the, the 49ers tough. Both times they played them. Uh, Arizona was getting points each time, covered both times. Now you have the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, who I don't know if you guys saw, signed a monster extension today. I did see that. Yeah, two years, fifty-four and a half million, most ever for a non-quarterback. That which is just insane. So, obviously they, uh, obviously they love what they have in D Hop. I love the addition of D Hop to the cards. So I, I, I definitely am looking forward to see him and looking forward to seeing him and Kyler Murray make beautiful music together. So, uh, as I mentioned last week as well, I think San Francisco has to be wary of the. Uh, the Super Bowl hangover, what seems to happen from when, uh, to losing teams, so that's something to be wary of. I, I, I like the Arizona getting seven. Uh, I, I would still go San Francisco here. I, I guess I, I just need to see it from Arizona uh, before I before I get on board with them. And I, I am a little worried about the Super Bowl hangover as well. But San Francisco is still a very talented football team. I mean, defensively. The only real player that uh, that stood out to me that they lost was DeForest Buckner, uh, who they will miss. So we'll see if they're able to replace him and how how well he you know said player does and everything. But uh, offensively, I think Emmanuel Sanders is gone, and Debo uh, Samuel had that ankle injury or foot injury or whatever in like June. So you don't know where you're going to get out of him. San Francisco was just awesome last year, though, and they they did beat Arizona by ten uh, in a game last year, which I know didn't cover that particular week, but it was it still would have been good enough with a spread of seven here. At the end of the day, I am passing, but if you made me, I would take the 49ers. All right, well, let's uh, wrap up the late afternoon games with probably one of the more anticipated uh, games of Week One here. Uh, you have the Tom Brady Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are minus three and a half, and you're over under at 49. Um, don't you mean the Tampa Bay Gronkineers there, Tony? More appropriately named, yes. <laughs> Dude, Tom Brady is getting over a field goal. I don't I don't remember the last time I've ever seen that, ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just – that's nuts. Uh, I mean, I know, you know – New Orleans is pretty much coming in intact. They, they, I like the addition of Emmanuel Sanders as a nice compliment to Michael Thomas offensively. The big question mark with with New Orleans is, you know, it's Drew Brees, another year older, already starting to show signs of decline in the arm strength department. Still a very capable quarterback. It's they, they're going to honestly, they're are going to live and die uh, this for as far as how far they go this season with uh, how healthy and youthful or, or lack thereof he shows to be. So that's, that's the big question mark with them. I think outside of Tom Brady, Tampa Bay is young, talented, and hungry and bringing in a guy like Tom Brady with all his experience and winning is, I think could be the perfect marriage for them. And considering this is, arguably the most talent he's ever had around him offensively. And that's saying something considering 
the uh, undefeated, almost undefeated team that uh, Brady played back in, back on in the day with Moss and so forth. I think uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay, if I can spit out the name, Tampa Bay is extremely talented, and I I loved getting the points here, so I think that's lockable. Yeah, I'm with you. I like Tampa Bay to win the game straight up. You're going to give me over a field goal, uh, over a field goal's worth of cushion. I'm, we're locking that all day, baby. I love, I love Tampa here. Get that money! Get that money! That's a lot of money. All right, <laughs> so uh, let's close out our Sunday with some Sunday night football, Week One featuring the Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Dallas is going to lay three here, and your over/under is at fifty-one and a half. Dallas is going to show it to me before I start giving them this, giving them the respect of an elite team. I gave them too much credit at times last year. I'm sure Boofy would uh, agree that I did. And then this year, uh, I do agree with that. <laughs> I'm glad you can. <laughs> so uh, now they have a they have some. The uh, Travis Frederick don't no longer have him at center. A couple offensive line injuries. I love the addition of uh, C.D. Lamb. If if Dak can execute the offense and get time, I, they they could prove to be a deadly offense. But again, they have to show me. And then you have the Rams, which definitely took a step back last year. Goff did not have a great year. I. I just I don't feel good on either side of this game, so I am passing. Yeah, these teams are in a, in a way are a little bit similar. A lot of star power, but for me, I think they're both going to underachieve. Uh, definitely a difficult one to predict. So I will be passing. Uh, just to elaborate a little bit more, I guess the the quarterback situation are are both kind of. I always like to, whenever I'm talking about this with guys, like when you talk about a quarterback, is he a guy that we're winning because of him or is he a guy that we can win with? And so I think both of these are more, I can win with them. And, you know, Prescott put up great fantasy numbers and everything last year. But I I need to see you here with your offensive line hurting a little bit. I need to see you be able to elevate the offense and get a big win in week one. So until I see that, I'm not. I'm not ready to to go betting on them. So I'm passing. Okay. Well, to finish out the week, we have some double Monday night football action, which is led by the Pittsburgh Steelers at the New York Football Giants, with the Steelers laying five and a half here in the over under at forty seven and a half. So this is the Tomlin loss early this year. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Yins or Nate came out there. We had, to, we had to, we had to push him away. Um, well, we'll be watching for that <laughs> Facebook post. Fire Tomlin. <laughs> uh, God, I hope not. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we're, I think we're okay. I, I love our boys to, to take care of business in Week One with the victory. However, laying uh, five and a half points. Pittsburgh just – the thing is, Pittsburgh rarely blows out the teams you think they should blow out. It's – they just – that's just the way they are. They, they've, they're like that – they've been like that since I can remember, even before Tomlin. So, I'm, see, Booth, I'm not blaming Tomlin from everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I just if you got to remember, man, you got you got Big Ben coming back after after a year layoff, no preseason games, and he he normally is a slow starter to begin with. So I don't I don't trust uh, laying over a field goal here. And then you have the the Giants. Conversely, they were a bad defense last year, uh, bad offensive line. They do have some talent, obviously. Barkley just being an absolute beast. Danny Dimes showing flashes. So, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, the, the Giants could make a couple plays, but overall the Pittsburgh defense just can be too proved too uh, difficult for the Giants to do very much against. So uh, I like the, I like Pittsburgh to win. Honestly, my favorite bet in this game is under 47 and a half because I don't Pittsburgh, to, I don't expect the Steelers to score as many points as they should. And I don't expect the Giants to score that many at all. So if you made me, um, I actually like the under in this game the best. Yeah, I don't know. I know I've talked about this before. Despite how many times we pounded the Steelers under towards the end of the season last year, I do try to avoid Steelers games just because I know I have a little bit of a bias in it. So, you know, take everything I have to say with the with that in mind. As far as the over-under is concerned, I don't know. I, I could just see the game going any way, like – the Steelers drafted Chase Claypool, who I love. They brought in Eric Ebron at tight end, so they got two tight ends now that I think can play. Um, obviously, you have Ben back. He's coming off of the elbow surgery, but all the reports are that his arm feels better than it's felt in like over 10 years or whatever. So that we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, that could just be some stuff that they say, or that might be true. So I don't know. Um as far as the Giants, I mean, Saquon Barkley is a home run hitter. If you're thinking about taking an under here, I hate to, you know, see Saquon just have be pretty much contained the whole game, but rip off two two monster plays that result in scores for them. And that that's the type of stuff that can, that can bust an under on you. Um, as far as the spread, I would take the Steelers minus five and a half. I think they're a significantly better football team. Uh, but again, I, I do know I can be biased in these situations, so I, I will be staying away. All right, well, that leads us to our final week one game, the late Monday night game featuring the Tennessee Titans at the Denver Broncos. Uh, this has been a bit up and down, uh, but I believe you'll have the Tennessee Titans at minus one and a half while you still can, and the over under at 41. Well, as we were talking pre show, because this was a pick them as early as earlier today, earlier today, actually. Uh, I'm assuming the signing of Jadavion Clowney by the Titans had something to do with that. So, uh, uh, you know, there's an, another point to interject, not to interrupt you here, Nate, um, just as I was scrolling through news feeds, uh, another reaction on that line might be due to the fact that Von Miller uh, had suffered a potentially season ending ankle injury. That's as of a couple hours ago. So, that also might be why you see. Oh, that just popped up. I have uh, the CBS HQ on. That just popped up there on the TV. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Out for the year. So here we are. Live news alerts. Uh, dealing with this as, as we go. Yeah. So that's that's some that is probably the larger contributor to a lot of this line movement. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to interject that in there because I literally just saw the news feed pop up. Wow. Yeah. That's. I would say that's. That's a that's big, significant. <laughs> that's a very <laughs> say the least. Wow. Yeah, breaking news. Uh, wow. Yeah. So 
So hammer the Titans minus one and a half. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does change my mind a little bit there, man. I'm not going to lie. I was going to say pass the game, but uh, that, that makes that, that kind of flips me a little bit. I, I'm, I'm going to say hard lean to the Titans now. I, I was just going to lean to the Titans, but I'd say hard lean to the Titans. I mean, because I'm sorry. I, I've i touted the Broncos last week as far as their season-long potential, but they're they're young and unproven on offense, as talented as they are. So I think it's gonna they're going to need to take get a few weeks to get stuff together. But uh, Tennessee is still pretty much intact. So, I mean, I expect them to come out rolling. I mean, they're a running team. So it's not like there's a whole – a lot of complexity of their offensive scheme. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to change from a lean to the Titans to a hard lean to the Titans after, after that. So I think that makes that's a big deal. Uh, I, I already liked Tennessee at minus one and a half. So obviously I like it more without Von Miller in there. Um, I, I do think it's worth noting Von Miller's impact is tends to be a lot more in the passing game than it is in the running game. Not to say Tennessee's never going to throw the football here, but you know they want to run first. So his impact on that, I don't think is will be as noticed. It's it's still you're still going to miss him. Don't get me wrong, um, but you know he 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 makes his paycheck rushing the quarterback. So I, I still think I remember we sh- I forget what the exact number was, but it was something like Denver was twenty two and three or something against the spread in their home opener. And I remember we shared that last year, and we told you to take Denver, and we, we ended up getting busted on it. But uh, that, that stat is still in my head. A little bit to scare me away from Tennessee here just because, you know, are we, are we going to go against that trend twice? And, you know, the logic behind it was basically you haven't played any meaningful football yet. You're not in full-on football shape in week one. And then you're going to go up to the thin air in Denver, where obviously they've been practicing all summer and stuff. And uh, they are ready for the thin air, obviously. So that little nugget is enough to scare me away. I would take Tennessee if you made me, but I'm, I'm still afraid of that early season on the road at Denver. And one of, one of what, are, what, are, what might be one of the few actual home field advantages in the COVID 2020 season. Absolutely. Well, all right. A little bit of excitement there right at the end uh, to wrap up week one, but that'll do it. That's all the games. Uh, So I think as always, you know, Boofy, do you want to take us out with the repeat of the locks? Well, how about one more thing before we get to the locks here? I know we had a parlay that we wanted to share with the people. Tony, you want to do that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, Yeah, we have a little teaser we put together for you guys. Um, Pretty simple here. This is going to feature... The Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Colts, uh, that would be parlaying the spreads with a six-point teaser, uh, and that'll give you a plus 160 odds for payout on that. Uh, Pretty decent. So with that uh, wrapped up now, let's uh, go ahead and toss it back to you, Boofy, and give the locks. All right. We have our AFC East duo. We got the Dolphins plus seven and the Bills minus six and a half. And I just noticed this. We have a NFC North duo with the Lions minus three and the Packers plus three. And then we got your Bucks plus three and a half. Five locks for the week. Anybody else want to comment on anything? I just that looks beautiful, baby. I, I like let's start five and zero. Oh. <laughs> five and zero, oh, man. I'm looking forward to it. All right, guys. Should be an awesome week one. I can't wait to watch it. 
And uh, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Best of luck to everybody. And let's get that money. Get that money.